0: Welcome back to another thrilling, invading episode of the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. Or is it science? Time will tell. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and supreme intelligence that looks very phallic. Alex Dandino. (laughs) Not very, like, exactly I'm a exactly. Very hairy person.
1: I definitely am not phallic looking.
0: I mean, different phalluses for different folks. Neither here nor there, guys. Before today's amazing gift to Griff, before we we grease up, oil down the crevasses of my rippling physique, and layeth different incenses and myrrhs at my feet, before handing me the finale. Jesus gift. Christ! Just
1: get to the business. My God.
0: After four times, you haven't bought into the bit. You're not yes-anding me, I'm and not yes-anding
1: my... this, because all it does is <laughs> conflate a bigger problem we have.
0: Yes. Uh, I mean, this is the month to give me gifts, and all month, I was just hoping for a little sincere yes-anding, but that's fine. Uh, it, can't, it can't rain every day, yeah. as the crew I once said. I can't
1: yes-and every episode. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> yes-and, and neither here nor there. Guys, a little bit of business. It's official. You're friends here on the Film Alchemist podcast. We're friends. We bicker. It's how this goes. Uh, We're on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Film Alchemist podcast is the best way to get more excellent content from the show. Well, we think we're very humble, though, (laughs) and it's the best way to support the show. It's the best way to make the show exactly what you want it to be. Guys, you come in for as little as a dollar a month, and we assure you every dollar and every patron helps us out a lot. We appreciate it very much, right? We got all kinds of content over there. We got a Patreon-exclusive library uh, that you, the patrons, actually vote on every month. So you get to fill that up with movies you want to hear about. If you reach certain levels of uh, pa- patronage, you actually get to select the specific movies you want to hear. You can uh, select commentaries that you want to hear. A lot of excellent opportunities to help us mold the show that you want. We have some mini series beginning. Uh, definitely one on Tales from the Crypt. We've got some other fun stuff that we'll be doing over there. So, guys, again, that's patreon.com slash film alchemist podcast. It's the absolute best way to help the show. So, for those of you who support us, thank you. It means the world to us that so many of you have joined our, our little menagerie here. And uh, it really does mean the world to us. And for those of you who are about to, we thank you in advance. Make sure you go to YouTube, subscribe uh, to the channel over there. That's Film Alchemist. See video versions of these podcasts along with other content we come up with from time to time you can email the show pod at com. you can find us on all the social media you're on we're easy to get a hold of and we love to hear from you guys so just reach on out about anything guys uh we will be there also something free easy you can do that takes but a second i know it seems silly but it's really a great way to help out uh diy self-made podcast like ourselves right uh make sure you leave the ratings and reviews wherever you find us quick five star quick uh sentence or two about why you want us to burrow into your backyard and take over your parents right that's all we want a couple uh sentences about how you would prefer alex to yes and right maybe it's like well it's it's five if alex starts yes and you know i mean i'm not gonna write the review for you that's not what we do here uh we're just here to to just spread the love, man, and that's what we hope you'll do for us as well. <laughs> All right off of Alex's just grimacing visage over here, um, just really won't give that final gift. Won't put a bow on the month. Happy birthday, Griff! Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so, as some of you guys know uh, who follow the show, we were really excited to talk about Dogville, right? Lars von Trier's uh, super art house, one hundred and seventy-eight
1: minute art house epic. We
0: were going for it. We were excited. We were lathered up. I legitimately
1: was excited to talk about Dogville with you. Like, it was going to be a really good pod.
0: So fucking excited that for sure it's coming at some point, right? Yes. The problem is, it is not the easiest film to get uh, our hands on, so we assumed a lot of you would also not have your hands on it. Um, so we we decided to do a, an audible, right? So Alex, hit me up. You know, what are some of the, the most important movies from your childhood and I laid out this little gem, right? It's a movie I had forgotten about for a long time ago, uh, for a long time until I was stumbling through, uh, you know, some streaming, whatever, do do And I was like, oh, my fucking God, that's that movie I used to love. I forgot the name of it. A little movie called Invaders from Mars uh, starring Karen Black. But this movie was a regular repeat VHS viewing at the Griffey house when we were kids, right? So when we were between, like, ages four and six – This movie was ahead of Gremlins, ahead of Big Trouble, Little China, ahead of Pumpkinhead. All the Tremors, all the classics that your four to six-year-old should be watching back then. (laughs) Um, This one was in heavy rotation with us. We fucking love this movie. And getting to go back uh, to one of my first cinematic loves, right? This kind of lost gym, as I see. A lot of people don't love this movie. I absolutely adore it. Uh, It was really fun today to get a travel back. Alex, I don't know. If you had seen the film or not, but why don't you kick us off with your opening thoughts on Invaders from Mars?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you had told me this was a remake, I wouldn't have even, I would not have thought, (laughs) I would not have known that. Um, But it's interesting to watch this in this month, and because this movie is just the perfect, it's the perfect film to end this particular month on, because there's nothing... Other than probably Highlander, there's literally no other movie that could probably sum up the griffy DNA, particularly for the way we we do this pod, than Invaders from Mars. It has all these pieces that create the griff you see or hear on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a Tobe Hooper movie. Mm-hmm. It's uh Creature feature, you know Stan Winston, John Dykstra.
0: Ah, uh, so good. Yes. The
1: cast, though, is where you're seeing all these great clues from the life of Griff. Karen Black, <laughs> of course, our favorite, yes. our favorite Maja from uh, Trilogy of Terror.
0: Trilogy uh, of Terror, another key Griffy uh, developmental. And film. then
1: the biggest key, and it's a, actually a cameo in the film. It's very quick. Bud Court. He a hey. Harold and Maud fan. There you go. Pops up like minute uh. fifty nine and then goes out swinging
0: uh yeah what happened if harold didn't decide to just play music movie, every day and live to the you fullest could,
1: you could posit this movie is the sequel to harold and Maude, and like harold <laughs> did not end up living his life to the fullest
0: yeah harold just took his mom's advice got a solid ass job at Sita Seti or whatever Seti, yep he married uh that one actress lady from the end of the film and then yep. he's just like Is that an alien life form? I'm just going to run up and roll the dice. Like, that's how I live now. He channeled a little inner mod for a moment. It was like the
1: the last vestige of mod who got him killed. It was good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, also written by Dan O'Bannon. Like, all these things, all these pieces of this movie make up a Griffey, in my opinion. And it's a beautiful
0: thing. Yes, the movie is Dan O'Bannon. That even makes more sense for me. The
1: movie is celluloid beauty and it's like purest form. (laughs) It's 1986. Like, tell me a movie that does not encapsulate the things that Griffey loves more in this world short of the Highlander. It's like the only thing that's missing is an eternal.
0: Yeah, I was like big trouble. Little China. That's like another like, yeah, one of those potpourri. I just took my kids to see that in the theater. Like, on the big screen, right? We have this historic art theater uh, in southern Indiana. Oh, yeah. it plays throwbacks, right? And I took them to see Big Trouble Little China. And just watching their, like, brains melt. Like, holy shit, it's not a cartoon, but it's great. Yeah. Um, Because they get, this is the thing, kids today get a steady diet of blockbusters, right? Totally. So, like, my kids grew up with Harry Potter, Star Wars, Marvel, Mm -hmm. uh, Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World for us. Those are, like, big ones, right? So pretty much every two to three months, they're seeing like a big live action movie that are all essentially cartoons, right? Like Harry Potter, Marvel, DC, all of these Star Wars, they kind of feel very cartoonish Uh at this point, right? So my kids, they, they equate, you know, that kind of movie experience to take them to see something like Big Trouble and see just this grittier like, oh, shit. Like Jack Burton might get killed, right? Like that's a possibility. Like watching them try to process that. And I knew it had worked because at the end, Hunter died laughing when uh, the, the the one lady, the reporter, is like, "Aren't you going to kiss a goodbye, Jack?" And he turns around and looks at Kim Cattrall and goes, "Nope." And Hunter went, "Ha ha ha!" And I was like, uh, "Holy shit, I just broke your, my kid too." That was your kid. And that's what I mean. When I was younger, right? These are the kind of movies like I loved, like this Monster Squad, Goonies. Right? There's a hundred of these from the '80s where it's. Right. Kids with parents that are just not around or have been usurped. Wow. Fighting back against all of the establishment figures we had. And again, I think that's a very me thing, right? I don't like any authority figures. Yeah. I don't really like There's any a lot of,
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the, like, besides the pedigree of the film, the content itself is a healthy mistrust of adults. Yeah. Which, even as adults, I still don't trust adults.
0: Um, okay, so you, you remember, you brought this up in Gremlins when I talked about how it was one of my two concussion movies. Yeah. Um, And how the dad is pretty much like a, a dingus, right? Like, mm-hmm. almost started the end of the world, right? Yes. I think this was the first movie I fell in love with as a kid, where the movie told me, hey, grownups around you don't know shit. Yeah. Like, it's just something that never crosses your mind. Like, grownups can be dupl- duplicitous to children and be full of shit. Yeah, and I think that like really rocked me.
1: Yeah, you, I mean, you know, we've talked about our personal lives. You had a very different upbringing than I did, and I think your yes, I think that your <laughs> mistrust of adults, particularly parental figures, comes from a lot of life experience. I think that being reflected in movies, and not only that, but your perception of how good movies are based on that theorem, <laughs> makes a lot of sense to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I am a big time mama's boy right uh but this movie i i was watching it again and it's so nostalgic for me right but the opening of just a kid laying on a bench head to head with his father very cute watching yeah they're watching a the meteor shower or whatever and the mom comes out and she's like all right get you know get in there you guys gotta go and the dad just saying uh nope like I'm i'm just gonna chill with the kid i was like no fucking wonder right i was one of the the kids right who uh you know dad's like i'll see you next weekend and just like never again pretty much my whole life um so i think as a young lad you know who only saw his dad every other weekend until he just didn't ever again right you can kind of see this like oh and then the crushing horror when you realize this ultra cool dad who i would have died for when i was a kid right Mm -hmm. he's cool he comes in the room he's kind of wisecracking you know they had this like real square ass 80s Norman Rockwell thing going right. right.
1: Didn't like beat his ass when he like came ran into the room. You like woke waking him up at, like two. He's in the
0: almost excited that his kid woke him up totally. from the middle of the night to talk about spaceships, right? Yeah. And that spaceship looked awesome, but I'm telling you, the devastation has never left me to this day. The following morning, and even as a young kid, you put it together right away. Like, oh, that's not dad anymore. Yeah. That scared the fuck out of me. As a kid, because it's this, it's ultra like I want that that I'm seeing on yeah. screen, and you're like, okay, so this kid had it, and it still can get taken away. So this was like a very personal, and yeah, scary this is like personable and
1: kind of yeah, yeah super traumatizing. <laughs> for you. Yeah, I get it, I get it. I mean, it's
0: it's the a dad just chugging Tic Tacs and coffee, and ugh.
1: there's a lot of really fascinating like. Again, I'm not saying, you know, the movie is certain, you know, the movie's not a 5-hour Doctor Zhivago fare, but <laughs> but here's the thing. Because of that, because it is a 90-minute essential schlock fest from the 80s. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to mine, like in a way that like I don't think a lot of people expect to mine movies like this. And I mean, Right. Yeah, like there's obviously a lot of great callbacks to like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but that loss yes. itself like I can tell you, like even those of us who had, like I, you know, my dad was around. Even that, it's still disturbing the next morning when you see a kid who's like, "Where's my parents?" This sucks.
0: Right. Like, well, this movie's more aimed to you, like the guy, like Pat Dandino is a world class father, right? Like one of the great ones. Imagine if one morning he just came down and you're like, "Fuck!" Right. Like that scene when he's taking the kid out to the bus, right after he like chugs the Tic Tac coffee, and he's like, "Hey, come on, let's go look over that hill together." And he reaches for the kid, and the kid just goes, "No, thanks," and runs to the bus. And you're like, in that very brief window, the visual storytelling's really impactful. That this was the ultimate father-son duo. And then all of a sudden, this kid's like it's repulsed. He just, he's on, on a he's core on level own. knows he's on that his something own. Something bad happened to dad. Yeah, like
1: and like. Not only is he on his own. Like actually, after like because the kitchen thing, the kitchen beat is sort of played out as like. It's the unknowing, but then, like, it's trying to be kind of goofy. And it's, I think, because, like, if you like your parents at all, you're just like, that's still very sad. What really fucked with me was the bus thing where he's, like, trying to, like, then I was like, ooh. Now it's like he knows there's this abduction level thing to it, and he, like, runs to the bus. Yeah, But that's the saddest thing is, like, he gets on the bus to go to school, which is a place of... Who knows? Like, you might have a great school experience, might have a terrible school experience. <laughs> I can tell you having a kid in preschool now is very weird. And I've had to do a lot of things as a parent that I'm like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I've I, called my parents at least on two occasions. Like, did you have to do this? Like, yeah, it sucked. It was really annoying. Thank, I'm glad you're going through it now. But, like, being that kid at school, that otherness
0: mm-hmm.
1: is terrifying. No, no, no matter who you are.
0: Right, and the first thing we see, right, like, I'll never forget, like, one of my first, like, big school troubles was we used to have story time, right, where we'd sit around, we'd read these dumbass stories, whatever, Babar, whatever, and uh, I used to just be really bored, and I would play this game where I would straighten out a paperclip, and I would just put it in and out of electrical sockets, Well, one day it, like, fucking blew, and, like, all the power went out to the whole fucking school it was like and like the paperclip fucking melted on the thing awesome and all the kids turned and there was just me sitting there like this with smoke fucking pouring out of this outlet and uh it was one of those like oh fuck <laughs> like something i do can be very bad right like i'd gotten like normal kid mischief right but that was one of the first ones where you're like oh fuck like you know my teacher's like you could have burned the whole school down. You could have killed these kids. Right. Right. We had a kid in our class, this scary kid who was all burned up. Right. He was in like a house fire or something. Right. Um. And she was like using him as like a cudgel against me. Like you could have reburned Eric. I was like Jesus Christ. That's inappropriate. And it was like that's a, it. Feels inappropriate, but you know, Nurse Ratchet in this movie's coming out throwing haymakers. Okay. Not only st- that, the kid throws a fucking frog and a scalpel yeah. at this girl. He's like, I'll defend her honor. Gets sliced by a scalpel, and she's like. You little
1: cock. He did it. He did it. Like that. Again, this is like this all, this all goes into like this, uh, this poor little boy, David is having to deal with the fact that like, so his, his dad's essentially gone. And Mm. then his fucking teacher sees one thing decides like, Oh, well there's no way anyone else was throwing frogs. It was definitely you, you little shit. Like, Oh, you also cut yourself. Great. And like, it's such a strange reaction, like marching him down to the nurse's office. Like, I can't handle this anymore. Like, <laughs> are you that bad of a teacher that you don't know how to find a Band-Aid? What's the matter with you? Like, you cut himself. It's someplace. wild.
0: Just imagine one of our kids being in a class and then being like, well, the kids had scalpels. Yeah. And they got cut. Like, parents nowadays would be like, what the fuck? Did you ever it's dissect just a like frog? like a different one- Oh, yeah. Yeah. We dissected a bunch of shit. I don't By think By the time had- I was old enough, we didn't have to do the baby pig or the cat. Oh, really? Um, We could opt out of that. But I did a frog, a bird, and something else. But, yeah. We did...
1: um, There's no
0: way they still do that in school. We did
1: the fetal pig, for sure. Yeah. We did the fetal pig. We did the frog. And then we did... We also did a... I don't know if you did that. We did a worm. That was weird. Yeah. We did like, like some little stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you did yeah. little things, but like yeah, like frog, Maybe like thing, a cockroach. Yeah. I don't think if I remember correctly, though, I don't remember us having like real. There's some anti murder scalpels we had. Like you couldn't actually.
0: <laughs> I don't remember. It's what... just a spork. They're like, you're gonna have to yeah, really I... get in them guts. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't remember what it was, but I remember. There... <laughs> I remember being like super disappointed though that there was not actual like metal on the table. Like wait, like it was yeah. like some sort of plastic or something like that. It was just again.
0: It was a uh, post Columbine uh, school. Neither here right? nor there. Our parents but, were very scared of us back then.
1: But yeah, then going to the going to the nurse's office. Okay, Nurse Ratchet is so fucking funny in this movie because it's just like also
0: Nurse Ratchet is just by her very nature the gravity of yeah. her hateableness is such that they just are like. Let's just make Karen Black like the very nice they shoulder to cry also on. <laughs> do this ama-
1: they also do this amazing job with uh Louise Fletcher, the uh nurse Ratchet, where they literally don't put her in makeup the entire mo- the entire movie. So like you know she looks bad from the start, and then when she gets uh gets got, you're like, Oh. No change. You pretty much just look the same. It's terrible. Except for yeah. there's a frog hanging out of your mouth. Uh
0: the the scene of Her writing on the board, field trip at 2.30, we start Mm -hmm. to see it, right? She's kind of calling out names, right? Yeah. That scene of him walking in on her and her, like, gobbling that frog. They cut back to, like, three different cutaways. Yeah. Uh, That scared the dog shit out of me as a kid. Like, scared me to the bone. I was telling you before we started recording, it's one of those very weird things that every now and again I'll see something and have, like, a nightmare flash of that scene. Like, really burned in my mind. Uh, scared the shit out of me. But again, it's it's this constant game, right, of the movie, which is this kid is seeing all this shit that immediately, as a young viewer, were like, red flag. Red fucking yeah, flag. All these are red flags. And no one believes him. And it's kind of funny you brought up Body Snatchers because I was watching it today. I was like, the reason that works so well, right, I just rewatched the 70s Body Snatcher. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that movie is phenomenal, right? Yeah. And that movie is more about the, the taking of youth, right, than the other ones, right? You know, the 50s one is kind of communism. That one feels like a we're not invited to Woodstock movie, like we're no longer cool. And so I was like, I understand why adults are. I was surprised how much legs they get out of that for a kid. Because as a kid, you don't have this kind of sense of loss of self as much. You always like are in like- a position where you don't have authority.
1: I feel like this is a really specific thing for movies from the eighties, like movies from the eighties did this better than any other era. Like I I think it's because like we were just getting into the, what's happening to our kids conversation, especially in the eighties because the eighties was like, you know, this technological boom and a 24 hour news cycle and drugs raised and by all,
0: TV shit. Yeah. Raised
1: by TV kids, like latchkey kids, like parents were working. Like it wasn't one parent at work, one parent at home. Like everyone was working. So like the eighties were this amazing time where the conversation about like, what are we doing to our kids became so much more prevalent, but we didn't have the technology or the, um, social, like the social awareness that came up in the nineties combined with the, technology like the advent of the internet that happens you know from 1998 on till now that's missing still so like we're in this and it's weird to say it this way we're in this sort of sweet spot of i'm concerned <laughs> about my kid i have absolutely no recourse for how to fix it yeah. so i'm just gonna assume he's telling a lie it was or the I'm last
0: days it. of our parents leaving us alone yeah which now if you have kids just isn't an option like if your kid is seen in the wild without you like yeah it's world Oh War III. dude it's um yeah. but see this one even goes the extra length where it's like yeah that teacher's a bit of a bitch like they're not really <laughs> hiding it very well and now yeah. she's a fucking roba robotron bitch right she's animated that way um and you're like all right well, maybe the teacher was maybe it's like all right this kid could be a little unruly perhaps Then he crawls into her green van and you're like, oh, no, this lady's like all the way fucked up. That like weird taxidermy van with the cutaways of the various animals, their faces caught in this fucking grimace of terror. (laughs) When you taxidermy a creature, you get to choose the face. She's making all of these things look like they are terrified of her godlike face is the last thing they see. It's so this movie is constantly telling you. The kid is right. The kid is right. And I think it's kind of funny, right? Because, again, it's just that the kids always had so much more power in the 80 movies, right? Yeah, the 80s totally. Movies. Um, and I just, I always found that very liberating, right? The idea of seeing my, because I, I told you this story, right? Yeah. I had that teacher, Mrs. Zufall. She had no chin, mm-hmm. so her neck essentially ran, like, all yeah, the one way, around. Right? Yeah, like,
1: one of those chin shields. Yeah. yeah,
0: she had no chin, and her mouth went, like, meep, me me. meep. She looked like Meeper, right? Just right, like right. a fucking, or whatever, is beaker from beaker, fucking yeah. Muppets. And just, like, this, like, fucking kind of balloonish cone head, right? If that makes any sense. I know, I have a pretty good visual for it, She hated me. I hated her. Right. And I was just, like, I would always think of this movie, like, I bet that lady eats fucking frogs. Like, I just knew it, right? It also reminded me of that that fucking scene in Monster Squad where they're, like, ew, someone goes home and kisses her at night? Like, I just... (laughs) When I had teachers I hated, I had all of this language from movies right. that made me feel like it wasn't me, like I wasn't a broken kid. There's like a real empowering element to some of these movies. And again, I think that's always a powerful thing for, for kids, which I I think we're kind of losing nowadays, right? That like spunky outsider story well, has a little bit the, yet been usurped as like they're the outsider who becomes the coolest right. kid and everyone in our movies, it's like we were the outsiders and we didn't care if we weren't getting in.
1: Well, we're the story is less about like, yeah, now the co-op is because all the things that made us outsiders when we were younger are very is very in vogue and very cool now. So Yeah. Now like the best example I'd have is like Stranger Things, which is this nostalgic look at being an outsider. But the nostalgia is those outsiders really had something. You guys were ignoring them. Like everyone else sucked. Yeah. It was these people who weren't paying attention to everything else. You're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. But like, that's a really popular thing now. The eighties yeah. again, were like still in this amazing time period where you're like, kids can be outsiders and do their own thing, but not want to like, it's not about, oh, I want to be popular. It's like, oh, I want to kiss a girl. Okay, cool. Who doesn't want to do that? I want to kiss someone. All right, great. I don't need to be a superhero. I just need to be me. And if I'm put in, I think like in this one, in invaders from Mars does it really well too, which is it's a normal kid being put in an extraordinary situation. And Mm -hmm. the adult, like it's this thing of like the adult brain taking over. And so when you're watching a kid, you're like, you're rooting for this kid to be the smartest one in the room. That's what I like about movies like this.
0: Is, yeah, I mean this movie even says you can be that kid and just get some FaceTime with the general. Yeah. Literally. And the general, the general is like smoking a stogie. He's like, Jesus Christ, did this kid just create By the way, that is like
1: <laughs> that's like one of my favorite uh that's like one of my favorite dolly shots I've ever seen. It's like the the uh the general like clipping a stogie, so he's like, Yeah yeah, of oh, course. Yeah. Like uh, it's important to get this ballad. movement
0: here. <laughs> just ball, just to see the power dynamic shift to just the boy. That huge
1: bowl yeah. of like stogie tips. You're like, good lord, man, yeah. you empty that thing.
0: <laughs> but no, I love the the power dynamic. It's also funny because I feel like you see this with the ship, because to me this was the part that like captured my imagination. Right, this giant awesome ship burrows in behind this guy's house. Right, right, right. They have so many wonderful little gimmicks with this ship, right? I love the idea of the neck implants, which we see the one on uh, the karate sergeant.
1: Did it remind you of from beyond? That's what it
0: reminded me of. It gets a little. Okay. We'll, we'll, the second part of introducing the ship is why so much fucking sex imagery. in this movie because if oh no just i like, just oh. I, I
1: just meant the implants and no, had nothing to do with oh, the yeah. actual sex imagery like we can get to that too but no
0: that that's a for sure like sex straight up felt shot. like from beyond yeah well exactly from beyond is literally just if semen became sentient and called itself art true that's what that movie is right just buckets of, of jizz just, saying,
1: just just ropes upon ropes
0: come find me at your local one screen and make sure to buy a popcorn <laughs> Prepare to be stuck to the floor, guy. And I don't know why he talks like that. Yeah. But no, you're like the the thing about seeing the people in orange swallowed up in the sand. It's a wonderful effect.
1: Right? Awesome effect. He walks oh, into this, this red that.
0: cave, right? So cool. He walks into this red cave, right? And there's all these fucking doors with like membrane. It was really memorable ship, right? It kind of has this Giger like organic metal thing. Uh-huh. Uh, also equally as sexy. And then you walk into this throne room, right? You see uh, the teacher. You see these giant, like, kind of ball four sacks. legged bullfrogs. Yeah, very ballsacky. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the the supreme intelligence of Mars is just this gigantic dick.
1: This dick that comes out of a butthole
0: or a vagina.
1: It e- no, no, it's a butthole because it even has the little prongs. Like, it has the little sensitive moments. It like...
0: has the little sphincter. Has the
1: little sphincter. <laughs> absolutely. And it's weird yeah. too because. If anybody hasn't seen the boys yet, like,
0: no, I, I haven't.
1: Yeah. If you know, if you know, you know, and uh, oh no, actually uh, uh, once this airs, everyone will have
0: seen it. Yeah, I'll have seen it by then. Uh yeah. But no, I mean, it's just had a very, so the, the, the boys monsters feel. look very cool. And especially at my age, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, it's Craig.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's all up.
0: for me, right?
1: Like an awesome face on that thing, too.
0: Really fucking
1: like cool. a really but, good, like pissed off alien face. I yeah, love
0: and, and I thought it was cool, man. The parents being remote controlled by antenna, mm-hmm. the science fiction of it. I mean, it's, it's more like a fantasy film than science fiction, right? It's like they take over your parents by magic. They're running around. It's not like a particularly like strategic battle between us and them. They want to keep us off Mars because some photographs. So, they send one dick and four ball sacks to come down and start taking over all the centers of power, like middle school teachers that are fucking 55 like years the, old.
1: I like the power dynamic of it being a lot of ball sacks take
0: everything out. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, we really got to put it on the table, Martian men. What are we going to do? I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's nothing the American man is more afraid of than tiny Thumps. dicks. Yeah. Yep. They all have them, they don't want anyone to know, so they have big guns. That's I was just like, yeah, it is just in. So I'm like, you guys didn't come to Earth with a fucking bullet stratagem, Nope. Uh, neither here nor there. The melting laser was cool. The lightning bolts were cool. It was just fucking cool being in that ship, right? I do wonder why it was just so dick-centric. Um, especially for a kid movie, because I was watching this as a child. I was like, do you think this is something that they're like, oh, the adults are going to get it?
1: I mean, <laughs> I th- again, like... This is, again, I go back, like, the 80s were such a sweet spot because <laughs> we weren't equipped to properly, like, assess, like, ah, yes, that's definitely a huge throbbing cock on on Well, the one, right
0: the supreme throbbing cock, I mean, it's unavoidable.
1: Yeah, but, like, we weren't necessarily, but, like, the MPAA, like, adults in general weren't necessarily savvy to that because, like, we still were in, it's the 80s, like, we're just starting to get into this sort of, like, like, the 60s were the sexual revolution, but the 80s were like this, all right, let's, like, actually talk about sex now with everybody and, like, really have this conversation. I feel like,
0: like the 80s is when, like, yeah, the Wall Street bro thing took over. Yeah. well, So there wasn't a lot of subtlety it was, in it the was, world.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was all, everyone's <laughs> hopped up on cocaine, so that's... Yeah. That's
0: the 80s. So they were probably just like on so much cocaine. They're like, oh, my God. an actually, like, rock hard working penis. Like that's the amazing.
1: 80s. Everyone's like it was revol- a little nostalgia. Everyone's revolting against Ronald Reagan. Like, it's like a very big thing of like, um, OK, we're done. Like, yeah. that's
0: Well, I think this movie is is like a we believe in right. Ronald- like, I think the 80s were a very like Ronald Reagan friendly era, which is oh, weird. Cause I think, no, I think kids our age look back and we were like, that's where it all started to go south. But I think at the time he was like a lot of American people were really buying I into think, that bullshit. I mean,
1: obviously now hindsight's 2020 we're a very different country than we were in the eighties. But yeah. like, I think there are a lot of, I think there are a lot of white suburban adults who liked Ronald yeah. Reagan because of what he represented and how he operated. Like, again, it's just a very different. And I think that's, that's a very different mentality. And I think that's, what's great about David's yeah. experience I also forgot
0: about the dick driller blade. Just another Amazing.
1: But like that's (laughs) A lot of tunneling in this movie. (laughs) That's David's experience of like losing his parents to this sort of to this sort of like rhetoric of what it is like you could also say that invaders from mars is a commentary on reaganomics the reagan era the whole 80s in general there's, there's a, a little very... something about
0: that yeah and, mean... and in the middle of it, it's just this kid and this nurse like what the fuck yeah. dude Science you know a really weird part like that. that i noticed today what was when they're they're doing their like i built a bomb you know we got to blow up this fucking spaceship right and the dead who's fully under alien control which i think they're all remote controlled and piloted by the supreme intelligence right yeah i think so too So he says, from one drone to another, an audience of just one to himself says, hurry, or you might blow it. And that, like, actually shook me today. That Baba shook me. Where I was like, is this alien just doing bits to himself? Is that the father still stuck in there? And he's like, I'm going to rise to the surface. You know, not, like, try to take my body back over, but, like, get a quip in. Like,
1: get out of the... Do uh... you
0: think that was the dad trying to emerge? Or is this fucking supreme intelligence just like oh my god if only someone were here to know how hilarious that was
1: (laughs) i think that (laughs) it was a strange beat
0: i like to kind of creep me out
1: i like to imagine it is the supreme intelligence giving it up for oscar Wilde, like wordplay that good like no one else is going to
0: you just go back to the lab he's just like electrocuting the ball sacks for not laughing
1: laugh damn it absolutely he is Nurse a Ratchet
0: like coughs up a frog, gagging on like that's hilarious. Yeah, he's
1: he's an audience of one. It's very sad. Yeah, that poor giant penis alien is just
0: it's uh just it's unfair. Yeah, there is
1: no justice. It's <laughs> hard
0: to be supreme in so many. Areas. It's hard
1: to be supreme and hilarious.
0: Yeah, comedy's kind of a punching up genre when done well, and you just it's hard to do when you're the supreme. Yeah, of
1: when you're the supreme leader of a, of a race of weird ball sack mutants, it's pretty much. Or no. Martian, sorry. It's pretty much, you know, your yucks are few and far between.
0: <laughs> I love it. The what is, is this music. bit? So the kid starts negotiating with the Supreme Intelligence. And I, I love this bit because it's such a perfect kid moment where he's like, you know what? I'll level with you. He's like, I just want my parents and the teacher or the nurse. And he goes, I'll leave you, miss whatever. <laughs> and the Supreme Intelligence is like, Rargh! like offended that he only has the scrub ass humans that no one wants. But I love that video. He goes, I'll leave Mrs. Kabetch or whatever. <laughs> I thought that was so fucking funny. Absolutely. Because um, that one kind of fucked with me, too. Like, I forgot about the supreme intelligence. Just poor guy. Like, kind of taunting this fucking kid. Yeah. Um, It really got me. There. There's also that fucking moment where the teacher's just smiling when we watch the uh, penetration of the karate sergeant. <laughs> and... That scene like, really fucked me up, too. Her creepy smile. Again, this is this is one of those movies where there's, there's a lot of great visuals in this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you get something like Bud Cort going up to the aliens, and he's just like, <laughs> God, I can't wait to get out of here. You're like, all right, fucking dumbass. Like, whatever. A lot of the rest of this, even just the idea of this film, that the supreme intelligence of Mars is wasting his effort to have a showdown with this child. Yeah. He's fucking scary and empowering all at once, right? And there's that great beat at the end when he's they're trying to run out, right? The ship's going to blow up. And his parents are like, they'll leave without us. And he just goes, I love you. I just can't go with you. And to this day, that line fucking breaks my heart because I think so many parents and kids have had that moment, Uh, whatever it may be, right? Something where a kid's growing up and he's just like, I know you guys are kind of shit for brains too. You did the best you could, but like, I'm out here. Like, I'm out here now. Um, and I just thought that was fucking lovely. Like, it is. I really like. And also, just that moment, too, as they're running away and you see all the army shit. I was like, we've really just kind of lost this, like, middle budget. Like, this would be a big budget by a lot of standards, you know, movies we get today. Mm-hmm. But I was like, it's just this sweet spot where there's just this incredible production value, right? Like, it's not like on an ET level, right? But it's not like a pale impar- comparison of ET, right? No, no, it's got no, some not real fucking monsters, great sets. Like, even the military, when they were, like, lifting that giant light and getting ready to assault the sand pit, you're like, fuck yeah, dude. This is great. Yeah. So, it's just a movie that exists in this, like, perfect sweet spot of movies that meant the world to me. Um, We got to talk about this ending, man. We do. A much fucking more intense ending than I remembered, right? Because we get our kind of, our false, our false little ditty here, right? They wake up. The parents are in their fucking, you Mm -hmm. know, dipshit pajamas. They all have cups with their parental title on it very sweet yeah just not cool <laughs> they're not cool right i'll be honest oh, i never you're collections
1: back i don't know any parents who had like mom and dad cups it's weird
0: i don't even know people that wear pajamas any like i think pajamas have sailed i think it's like yoga pants t-shirts or you sleep underwear or sleep in the, in the
1: buff Sometimes, I mean, look, my my wife's pretty. I don't
0: think grown-ups should trust the buff, right? My
1: wife my wife's pretty fashionable. She likes to do those pajamas sometimes, but I mean,
0: you know how she but is. But she's she's into fashion, yeah, right? She's the into rest fashion. of us she's Yeah, we don't do fashion. fashion. I literally am just like I'll wear boxers to protect my partner from yeah. whatever happens well, with me in the middle of the night.
1: My big thing is I have to have at least something on in case some shit goes down, like either literally. like sleep, some sort of sleep pants. I don't necessarily need a shirt but like i do want to be if something happens cuz like you know again we've told this story before both of us have gotten several weapons uh over the years <laughs> from friends i do have like just to be unf-
0: clear because we're american podcast not guns we oh yeah had, like, sorry baseball bats and They're, like baseball weapons.
1: bats i have swords and now i have a lightsaber under my bed so like yeah. my plan was always the
0: pussiest able- the pussiest american male yeah. armory just is imagine like the dumbest armory
1: <laughs> like so my, my my thing was always someone to break in the house like if i run downstairs screaming like yeah. waving a lightsaber like oh no one wants to deal with like a crazy fat guy waving a lightsaber around yeah well i out. think
0: actually having boxers on is a little scarier because i've had this thought too than like an invader because i was like what well, would really fuck them up right you keep like some of those like fucking uh laundry clips yep by yep. your bed i, I
1: know exactly clip, what you're your, saying. clip
0: your nips real quick unbutton mm-hmm. your boxer right drop the yep. hog out of the dick hole right and come running because that's just like
1: four do extra you wear straight up boxers visual. is that
0: or boxer briefs. I was going to
1: say boxer briefs is like a good one, like to get your get th- your wang like. If you have through.
0: big thighs, which I do, the I do elastic of the boxer brief doesn't last all that long, and Does so eventually not. they age into boxers. Like all yeah. of us, we go from a svelte boxer brief to just a saggy, yeah. then it's just decrepit a decrepit boxer very, that doesn't have it anymore. Very loose, a
1: <laughs> style boxers. Yeah. Yes.
0: But I'm just saying, if they see me, they're like, "All right, chubby, nipple clamps." What's that robot shit on his tum tum? That's where my diabetes stuff is. Yep. Yep. Is that his dick hanging out of a Darth Vader boxer? Right. And by that time, I'm on you with my pawn shop swords. So like,
1: or or it, now or now you're Mjolnir.
0: Fuck yeah, dude. For those of you on the YouTube, my dear friend sent me this fucking. Affi- I mean, this thing's heavy enough you could kill someone with this. This is like a real fucking Thor hammer. But anywho, neither here nor there. Sense. I don't know what the fuck we were talking about. Well, we were about to um, say, this like, ending, the dipshit parents ending. and what they yeah. sleep in. So the movie does the false ending, right? It was all right. a dream. Then we see the storm starts up again. Spaceship descending again. After we had just seen it blow up, the parents were safe, whatever. Right, right. He runs into the parents' room. And in this almost like poltergeist lighting, a, a, you know, a throwback to Toby Hooper's uh, oeuvre. This fucking Thunderbolt lightning. And he's, no, no, no. It's like Tom Atkins at the end of Halloween three. Yep. What the fuck is happening here? Cause that last image of just the kids screaming. No, is fucking terrifying.
1: Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I thought
0: just, they I, showed the kids looking mm-hmm. like the Martians. The fact that they don't, or that the parents, right? The fact that right. they don't show the fucking parents, it's such a scary thing to add yeah, into a children's film. That, I film. think,
1: is, like, the scarier thing is... I, d- I thought the... Pa- yeah, I thought the parents maybe had turned into the ball sack monsters. Or you see
0: the antenna again, like, something yeah. like that I had thought. I did not realize but, this. So, what happens at the end here? Like, what do you think is going on?
1: I don't... Was I mean, this get-
0: uh, a dream? Was this prophecy? Is this a time travel scenario?
1: No, I don't think it's any of those. Like, to me... <laughs>
0: Now that we've got that dumb shit out of the way, yeah,
1: that's, that's, well, I mean, it's not dumb to be honest just with you. Just one Could more be...
0: chance to yes. And,
1: uh, <laughs> no, it's not that I just don't. I mean, to be honest with you, like <laughs> I watched it like three, I, I watched that ending, like just those like two minutes, yeah. like three times. I'm like, what is he looking at? Like, I guess if I was going to like, and again, this goes to what the movie is like you project what you really think. So, like, I guess to me, the true fear would be that, oh, it is real and my parents are, you know, my yeah. parents are aliens now or something like that. My parents have yeah. morphed into aliens. My parents have been taking over by aliens, anything. Like, the no, the screaming of no feels like it's definitely something to do with perhaps the way I, I, I yeah. couldn't. I think it's just the taking over of the parents again. It's that it's real. That's yeah. that's that, that's what I'd say is the no and the look on his face is the fear that all of this is actually real and it's happening. Because
0: yeah. I was thinking, I was like, what if he passed out? The parents, like we saw their little thing short circuit, right? What if, you know, they let it go. We defeated everything. And then all of a sudden they're coming back with reinforcements. He goes in the room and they're like reactivator. No, no. It's funny, I just read this book Shock Value, right? And it was all about this kind of new school of horror filmmakers that came in and how they changed the genre, right? Wes Craven right, right. and Carpenter, yep. Dan O'Bannon, a bunch of these guys. So they had a whole chapter on De Palma. And I remember I think it was Wes Craven that was like, Yeah, after Carrie came out, like De Palma stamped the genre that everyone had to have that second ending. Like you just had to have it. It was it was a, a must do after Carrie. And so I was like, I think that's cool that even this kid's movie is kind of running with that. But yeah. I don't know if it was the parents were duplicitous. Or if this ship was coming back for the Like maybe he did take all of the Cause That was the theory, right? Sounds like you took everything from your normal life and made a wild ass childish fantasy. But then the movie clearly is telling us that's not the case by the end, right? The adventure we just saw for it to have been a dream and not like a real thing, I think sucks. But I don't know, man. I think maybe there's a thing. Like, you I, can't go... Like, once I am no longer a child, I put away childish things, right? I don't things, like right? the
1: dream ending thing, but I feel yeah. like... I, it's not a dream ending. Like, it all really happened, but...
0: He maybe passes the, out after the explosion. He yeah. wakes up. They've kind of cleared everything. Maybe go time.
1: Yeah. Okay, what if maybe... All of that happens. The explosion. Ha- oh, wait. Okay. What if it's actually there in the ship itself on the way back to Mars?
0: Oh, dude. So it's like a simulation room,
1: right? Maybe he
0: did fucking choose to go with his parents or they caught him and dragged him along.
1: Could Well, like, yeah, like he passes out and or then like they-
0: he turns around and the fucking supreme dick just right. Donkey punches his well, they ass, try and to he like, wakes up. Oh, they try
1: to like Captain America him at the at the beginning of Avengers. That
0: is scary as fuck. Yeah, that's terrifying. That is super scary as fuck. That's like and also child, the fact like that they can control child abduction
1: minds? and alien abduction,
0: and him being penetrated by this fucking mind controlling thing. Yep. Oh, dude, I like that. A
1: yeah, that's lot. probably right. I think that's where I go with it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: that's terrifying. So He goes that's, in that room, and shit. it's just
0: the fucking. The half-eaten teacher has been kind of regurgitated, like John Voight, and she's just like all the way, like running up and down the shaft of the supreme intelligence. Yep. And he's like, yep. "No, you're wearing their PJs. Why their
1: PJs?" Maybe, maybe the dad is rocking in a chair in the corner, like Sam Neill in Possession,
0: like really <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> the mother's just chugging milk, <laughs> and you're just like, "Dear God, no, no." He's like, "I wanted to be a man, but not like this. No." <laughs> I think it's scarier that way. I actually love that idea. He never made it off the ship because it's also plays on this idea that the grownups were just stoked to leave his ass behind. Like really pumped to not care about him. Right. Karen Black is like, no, no, stop pulling me. But she doesn't really give a fuck. Um, (laughs) I don't know, man. I just look at this movie and it's this wonderful bit of nostalgia for me. Yeah. And I was like, there's some really aggressive storytelling aimed at younger kids and i Mm -hmm. i just will always miss that genre
1: there is a true imprint of a josh griffey yeah from invaders with from mars and i i think it it just goes to the it just goes to the acumen that movies like this had which was yeah when we're younger we see ourselves in all these characters so why would you Mm -hmm. not make that character this person like we all want to be adults but we don't really want to be adults like yeah when once you're an actual adult we all so... want
0: our parents to wake us up and give us yeah. cocoa or whatever the fuck that was right whatever it is like i most it, of us don't get that i'll say
1: it. this i also really <laughs> like i like burnt bacon I, I mean that was like not a problem
0: oh that bothered me more it was than a little too copy. charred
1: but i do prefer a crispy bacon i'll say that
0: i'm with you my kids just eat it like rubbery like amy will microwave it for them That's and it disgusting I agree. I've gone to baking, so you can make a ton of it at once. That's neither here nor there. But I just, again, I just, I I think it's a really fun exercise to end this month on, particularly. Go back to like your first 10 years of life and be like, what are the movies that really leapt out of you? Like the movies that really left a mark or a scar. Sure. The ones that you think, and I think if you track that journey back, right? Mine, my first like real love was Abbott and Costello, right? Mm-hmm. I found Pumpkinhead too young, and Trimmers, and this, and Big Trouble Little China, and Gremlins, right? I used to stay up and watch Joe Bob's Monster Vision all the time. as just a wee lad. Yep. And you go back and you look at these movies that really broke upon your young mind. And it's really easy to start to see the branching out of your taste, right? I think a lot of us like to think like, oh, we're very refined.
1: No, we go out it all and we goes research back. and study well- and... You know that doc, there's that documentary series up, which is Michael Apted's series. Like, every seven, like, if you see someone at seven years old, you see them at 35, you see them at whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. so he catches up with these people every seven years. I also think that has a lot to do with your movie watching tastes. Like, within the first, like, 10 years of your life, there are, yeah, like, these movies that just sort of imprint on you, and that fosters who and what you like for the rest of your life. I guess it's and you something.
0: can branch out and have classier course, taste and can... intelligent taste and whatever, but I think at your core level, like the day I saw Big Trouble Little China or Invaders from Mars, seeds of that were in my mind, and I was Absolutely. always looking to plant more of those seeds. Like That's 100%. just how it is. So it was a great way to kneel before me finally, Alex, since you was passed it a the
1: g- test. Was it a decent birthday for you, Griff?
0: It was. There was one. It kind of reminds me of the Christmas. My parents were divorced, right? And my, I wanted one thing. Start. I asked for one fucking thing. Right, right. And I was like, I've been a good boy. I'm a good boy by my nature. I want the pull string talking Steve Urkel doll. Nice. And that's all I want for Christmas, that one thing. Mm-hmm. Not an expensive toy. I wasn't asked for like a boom box or a Sega or whatever. Right. I want that pull string Urkel. Family Matters is one of the seminal pieces of art in my life, right? Love that. Sure, sure. so my mom messaged my dad my derelict father and he was like of course i got it like i know he wants it and i got it and my mom's like okay i trust you big mistake i you know in hindsight i was like mother who i know listens to the show so sorry for bringing this up again but i was like he'd already failed so many times i don't know why this is the one you're like he'll get this right uh my dad just didn't buy it and it just was nowhere so i i woke up on christmas morning and didn't have the only thing i wanted <laughs> and it was like my there is no santa god is dead right like i was out i was like a broken boy at that point in my life right um (laughs) i don't know where we started with this but the gifts yes uh so yeah it reminds me of that because you won it yes and the one gift i really wanted don't but there were still festive decorations everywhere
1: it enough i just didn't yes and on your your worship that's all
0: I mean it's the most important kind of yes ending Alex. i don't believe in anyone fal- who i don't believe in false idols know well exactly just me the real deal baby the sorry, real my,
1: american sorry deal. my friend when you when you're co-hosting a pod with someone it's not a matter of it's not a matter of worship
0: when you have your birthday month i will be licking the ear Like that fucking Brad Dwarf character in Lord of the Rings. We
1: already did my birthday month. We did that last When's your birthday month? You're in August. September, bud. September.
0: I got time to prepare my grovels. I'll come out with a scroll like, hear ye, hear ye. The taint of Alex smells like Jimmy Jones.
1: Tis a Whatever.
0: Listen, here's the other thing,
1: too. So we pre-record these. This is a really important thing, actually. So these are pre-recorded. It's June 7th right now. By the end of the month, we will have a deluge of just incredible Griffey Photoshop art.
0: There have been some good ones already. <laughs> There's been two really good ones so
1: far. I'm so excited to see where everything's going because, like, what's the t- offer so on
0: the table? What's that? You ru- you're running a contest. What's right, yeah. the deal? So the
1: contest is you got to Photoshop Griffey into a movie. Like, he has to be a character in the movie. Not necessarily – it can be also like Griffy warped into a movie or something like that, but kudos if you can put his face on like an actual character. Here's what I'm offering. You get to pick if, – if you win, you get to pick the August commentary, your movie, whatever you want. I, like we can't say anything about it this time. You pick Damn. whatever you want. And, Dangerous game. <laughs> and on me, I'll send you the movies, no problem.
0: Send you a movie gift card. S-
1: I'll send you a movie gift card for you and a loved
0: one, and you'll go to the, fl- you go to the theater. Hell yeah, dude. That is I like my, That is
1: my lot. gift for Griff
0: from all of you. The submissions we have are great. We should put this at the top of the show's probably. Well, <laughs> that's we fine. It's fine. It's fine. Right. I love it. It's been a wonderful month of groveling before Griff. Greasing yes.
1: Griff. Greasing the Griff. That's actually yeah.
0: what it is. There you go. I like it. Uh, so, yeah, it's been wonderful. Guys, we still have a double feature coming in June. Yes, yep. Uh <laughs> It was as good as I hoped. Uh, the Breadwinner and Waltz with Bashir will be the double feature you'll hear on the main feed. Uh, July, we're returning to where we started. I think the pod is four years old in July, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, four years, 400-plus episodes in, it seems hard to believe. So, we're going back. And redoing for our fourth anniversary, the very first curation we ever did, uh, Animals Attack the Pod. So it's a wonderful lineup we have so far. Uh, Jaws, awesome, The Birds, man. Lake Placid, and Monkey awesome. Shine.
1: Monkey Shines.
0: So we have a great list of Animal Attack films. We have a really wonderful one selected for the commentary. And maybe for the July voting, we'll keep it animal-centric as well. So make sure you join the Patreon so you can have a say in that. Patreon.com slash Alchemist pod. Uh as little as a dollar a month, guys. It doesn't take much to get in and see if you like what we're working on. As you climb the ladder, make your voice heard over here on this show. Get some extra content, some extra chatting with us. It's wonderful. Our community's great. Thank you in advance. Patreon.com slash Alchemist pod. email filmalchemist at gmail.com the YouTube Film Alchemist. Please, 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 please leave a rating and review wherever you find the show. I promise it will help. That's it for the month of Griff. That's not it for June. Stay tuned. Lots of good stuff to come. As always, guys, for the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey.
1: I'm Alex Dandino. Griffey's Fifi. True. There's a yes and for you right there. That's the real one.
0: A yes and that just never can get unstuck from me.